So we've got this topic, resolve. What, and, and I guess there's this, um, this whole idea of what does it mean to enter a year with resolve? What does it mean to not just make a New Year's resolution of, I am going to go to the gym three times a week. Uh, I think it's like the 17th. No, it's the 20th. Haven't been once. That's awkward. What does it mean to actually resolve to enter the year with some things that you want to hold on to? And I'd like to actually draw on this idea of there's there's two nuances to this. There's the, also this idea of what does it mean to resolve something, something that we've kind of had solved before or it's kind of been a little bit okay but then it's gotten worse. What does it mean to go back and resolve it? So I want you to keep those two things in mind today as we talk about the idea of the tongue. Uh, we've been looking at the book of James and, and the book of James has got heaps of really good advice about how to live as followers of Jesus and it talks a lot about our words. It talks a lot about the tongue. It talks a lot about what we say. So I want to think about that today. So here's a little news flash. When I was about three, I could talk, but I stopped talking. And the gag in my family is that whilst I may not have spoken much at all for for a couple of years in those early days of my life, I haven't stopped talking since. And in fact, the gag is that I could talk underwater with marbles in my mouth. Um, But words are dangerous. Words are precarious and words are dangerous. The headlines are always full of people who've chosen words that weren't appropriate. I've got a feeling that there's been a bit going on in the tennis, a bit of some slinging of words, if you've watched any of that um, lately. And words can come back to bite us. It's a very real issue. So there was a story, true story, I kid you not. This is um, a Google Home. There was a Google Home Mini in someone's home and the conversation in the background got picked up by the Google Home Mini. So someone was in the house having a conversation about this, that and the other and Google Home Mini is saying, send a message to a contact and over here, they're like, yes, yes, yes. And over here, the Google Home Mini is saying, record a recording. And over here, they're talking about, well, do you know what they said and this, that and the other. And over here, the Google Home is saying, send to a contact. And they're over here saying, yes. And then they say a name in the conversation and the Google Home Mini says, send to such and such. And then they're over here going, you can see where it's going. (laughs) And, uh, And the company issued this statement. The Google Home team is aware of an impact, of an issue impacting a small number of Google Home Mini devices that can cause the touch control mechanism to behave incorrectly. We immediately rolled out software to correct the issue. Imagine if somewhere along the line a conversation that you had had was recorded and sent to that person. (sighs) Words are dangerous. We have to choose our words carefully. We have to be very, very wise about our words. The tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That's a word in Proverbs. So I want to talk about this idea of the tongue, but I did... I did watch something on Facebook recently and I just have to include it. Some of you may know um, some folk who are part of the community here at NCR, Ian and Carolyn Bunston. They're currently um, in Africa doing some amazing work with an organisation called Spur Africa and they had a little encounter with the tongue. I actually don't think I can watch it again. 
That's called kissing a giraffe. And that's all kinds of wrong. Um, so let's move on. Let's, let's, how do I make it go away? There. <laughs> We're okay. We're all okay. Everything's okay, everybody. But here's the thing. Words can actually break relationships. Words can hurt people. Words can destroy families. I remember years and years and years and years and years and years ago, someone said to me at a party, she'd possibly had a little bit too much to drink and was just saying whatever came into her head, but she said, you know, we like your brother better. He's got all the spunk and attitude and you're just plain Jane and we don't like you as much. Honestly, 35 years later, why do I remember those words? Why do they... And and I don't just remember them and go, whatever, but sometimes I remember them and think, well, she's right. You know, he does have all the character. And I, you know, like there's still an element of, of holding on to those words. And words are dangerous. So I wonder if you had a book in your lap. Imagine you've got a book in your lap. And chapters one through five are all the words that anybody has ever said to you that hurt you, that broke you, that made you doubt, that made you feel pain, whatever it was. And chapters 6 through 10 are all the words that you wish had not been written down, that you have said. I wonder how weighty that book is sitting in your lap. I wonder how weighty it is. We're going to look at this idea of the tongue. Oh no, stop! No, no! We don't want to see the kissing again. We're going to look at this idea from the book of James. And James chapter 1, verse 5, says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. That there is a promise from God. And and when I read the book of James, I read the beginning saying, God wants good things for us. He wants us to be whole and thriving. And then he unpacks all the ways in which we can live a life that's worthy of Jesus. And chapter 3 unpacks that a little bit more specifically. This is what he says in verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. So he puts that right up there at the start, right in chapter 1. This is one of the things you need to hold on to. And then in chapter 3... This is what he says. I'm going to read it. When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue, so infinitely powerful, so potent for good or evil. And I want to think about that. So the horse I don't know whether you've ever seen, like been up close to a horse, but horses are big. And and if you wanted a horse to go where you wanted it, you wouldn't stand behind it and try and push it. 
You wouldn't kind of get to the side of it and try and like this. In fact, a horse can be steered by this very small, like not even five-inch piece of metal in his mouth to turn him. And it says in here, that's the power of the tongue, to steer something enormous with something so small. And it's not saying, if only you all had a bit, you'd be able to control. That's actually saying the tongue controls the enormity of your life. The tongue controls the enormity of life. So if your life is a ship and it's sailing out to sea, the wind can blow the sails and fill them full, but it's the teeny tiny little rudder which will set the direction. And this is saying that your, t- your tiny tongue is as good as a rudder on a giant ship. It can steer you in all sorts of great places, but it can also steer you in all sorts of wrong places. And for the lack of a controlled tongue, you could end up stranded on a not-so-pleasant deserted island being surrounded by sharks. And the last one, I'm just going to... Steve's going to have a heart attack. Where are you, Steve? I'm going to do it anyway. Ready? (laughs) (laughs) This right there could set... (laughs) Steve's having a heart attack. This could set an entire forest alight. One little... (laughs) That's okay. See? I told you to be all right. But one little small strike of a match can set an entire bush alight. Half a state could go up just like that for the want of a match. There's my rudder and there's my match. And it's not saying that you need to control... It's about the tongue is that powerful. So I've got a few things I want you to think about. And here's one. Let's have a watch of what this guy has to say about words. About a man she hardly knew. I know none of you have ever done this. That night she had a dream. A great hand appeared over her and pointed down at her. She was immediately seized with an overwhelming sense of guilt. The next day she went to confession. She got the old parish priest, Father Arark. She told him the whole thing. Is gossiping a sin? She asked the old man. Was that the hand of God Almighty pointing a finger at me? Should I be asking your absolution, Father? Tell me, have I done something wrong? Yes, Father O'Rourke answered her. Yes, you've borne false witness against your neighbor. You've played fast and loose with his reputation, and you should be heartily ashamed. So, the woman said she was sorry and asked for forgiveness. Not so fast, says O'Rourke. I want you to go home, take a pillar upon your roof. Cut it open with a knife and return here to me. So the woman went home, took a pillow off her bed, a knife from the drawer, 
went up the fire escape to her roof and stabbed the pillow. Then she went back to the old parish priest as instructed. Did you gut the pillow with a knife? He says. Yes, father. And what was the result? Feathers, she said. Feathers, he repeated. Feathers everywhere, father. Now, I want you to go back and gather up every last feather that flew out on the wind. Well, she said, it can't be done. I don't know where they went. The wind took them all over. And that, said Father O'Rourke, is gossip. It's pretty full on, isn't it? That is. But that's the power of words. Words could actually, a poor choice of words could gallop our life off into a direction we never intended. The poor choice of controlling our words like the rudder of a ship can see us shipwrecked. Just words. Words about someone else can actually go out and damage on into the future. Words are very dangerous. And not just, not just the times when we're actually trying to be really malicious. It's, it's those times when we imply something else. Like when we, when we, we, we know we slept in and we rush into work and we go, oh, the traffic. And we've just implied something that's not true. Or when we say a half-truth, because actually a half-truth is actually a full lie. Or when we say things about others to make ourselves look good, because actually it doesn't work. Or when we're the know-it-all tongue that actually has to have the last word. And so even when we're listening to a conversation, we're thinking up what it is we're going to do that's going to trump their thing that they're already saying, instead of just listening. Or when we complain about waiting in line for two minutes at a store and we complain about it for 20 minutes later. You know, our words, our words are dangerous, our words can hurt, our words can cut, our words can damage. And I've just got a little aside because I read something the other day that said um, we can talk to ourselves... 10 times the speed that we can talk out loud. Okay, I actually think I can talk faster to myself than 10 times faster, and I can talk pretty fast out loud. But what does this mean for what we're saying and our internal thoughts and those internal words and how much can they derail our life if we aren't careful and if we don't harness them? Two things to remember in life. Take care of your thoughts when you are alone And take care of your words when you are with people. And I also like this one. Choose your words wisely. Put your brain in gear before you put your mouth in action. I think they're two really good bits of advice. But I have some bad news. And this is really bad news because this is from the book of John. And the bad news is if you want to try and tame the tongue... It cannot be done. It can't be done. You can try, you can put effort in, but it can't be done. 
It actually says, I think I've got the words here. No, I haven't got the words here. It actually says the following words. Uh, Sorry. Every kind of beast and bird or reptile or sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. Did you get that? He's talking about the tongue is dangerous, the the, the tongue can derail your life, and then he says, and you've got more hope of taming a lion than you do of taming your tongue. Whoa! That's huge. A few verses back up, it actually says these words. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. We all stumble, and if someone never stumbles in what he says, is a perfect man. And I think that's in there on purpose. Because you see, James, who wrote this, he had a brother, and his brother's name was Jesus. And they probably sat at the dining room table and elbowed each other and had those brotherly moments. And I I imagine, if I were to embellish the moment, James is sitting there and he says, Jesus, you always get more than I do. And Jesus says, do unto others. And then James is like, oh, you always say the right thing. This is the moment when a sibling is recognising that his sibling was actually the perfect example in the world. He's looked at the life of his brother Jesus and said, and there is no one who can do it right other than Jesus. And Jesus came in order to do some internal work in us because we can't tame the tongue. It can't be done but God can. It's kind of bad news, but it's kind of good news. So the bad news is, is that the words that come out are simply the evidence of the internal state of our heart. The words that come out are simply the evidence of the internal state of our heart. I said something to someone the other day, I was having a coffee And we were talking about something quite important and quite meaningful. And at one particular moment, I said something and she turned to me and she said, that's not true, like that. That's not true. And I went, I know. I don't know why I said it. And she said, I do. It's because you're broken. That's hardcore. But it's the truth. The broken bits are often the words that just come out. And I can't fix the words unless I fix the internal broken. And that's really hard to do. And that's the reality for all of us. We can try, 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 try to harness our words and make better choices. But unless we do the internal work that Jesus wants to do in our lives, it will be like trying to, actually not possible, more hope taming a lion. You see, there's this problem called sin and it's where humankind believes that it can do it on its own, where we say, God, we know that's your way, but we think our way is better and it's a disease and it's changed everything about us and we need Jesus from God 
who died for our sins to actually begin to fix that problem in our hearts. And if we fix that problem in our hearts, then what begins to come out will be truth. There was only one perfect person who actually got it fully right, and that was the person of Jesus, wisdom personified, wisdom in the flesh. I just want to bring two things together, this idea of the tongue or our words and Jesus. Uh, In the book of John, it actually says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, the word was God, and he was with God in the beginning, and, and the word is logos, and it's Jesus, God revealed to humanity is Jesus, so God's word is Jesus, and just as our words reveal who we are on the inside, God's word reveals who he is on the inside. And if we want to know who God is, we look to Jesus, the person of Jesus. And so this whole idea of taming the tongue, well, it can't be done. We do need to put in the effort, but actually the bigger effort is on the internal work. And I know that that's something that I have to continue to do. So I've got three things. Wild horse warning. The best thing that we can do is to allow the Holy Spirit to do the internal work in our hearts so that our tongue does not cause our life to gallop off in a direction that we didn't want it to and trample people on the way. Rudder warning. If you actually feel like you have an idea of where you want your life to go, and maybe some of the younger people, you have got more of a chance of getting this right early days, then recognise that your tongue can actually steer you in a right direction and how you use your tongue and particularly those internal thoughts. And the third one, fire danger. So there's two words, raised and raised. You can can raise a house to the ground with a set of matches and burn it down or you can raise someone's life out of the ashes with your words. Jesus is God's good word. And I guess the question today for us is, what do we want to do? Do we want to be people who are, ready? Holy, holy, or holy? Do we want to be people with holes in us? People filled with holes? Or do we want to be holy, belonging to right in front of, before God, holy, set apart, okay before him, repaired. Do we want to be wholly his, fully? Words are tricky and words are dangerous. But if we're actually going to choose to resolve in our life who we want to be this year as we move forward I think a really important place to start is in our choice of words there's a book out there called um, the, the 30 day tongue challenge 
And I think it's really good. It's got some great advice on ways in which we can choose, you know, choose to not enter conversations unless they're positive or, you know, different, different things that we can do. And I think that's very worth doing. But I want to make sure that we don't skim across the surface and put some nice things into practice, but not address the actual place, the root of the place where the words actually come from. And that's within ourselves. So, If you've been hurt by words, seek the healing balm of Jesus because people have been hurt by words. If you've wielded words poorly, reconcile where you can and ask for forgiveness. And if the words that you are telling yourself are hurtful and not helpful and not steering you in a right direction then embed in yourself the truth. What's the real truth? And the real truth can be found in the person of Jesus and in the words of God in the Bible. And seek that first. Find a new narrator. Tell yourself a different story. Speak different words, whether they're internal or external. So for some of you here today, you might be like, well, you know, I'm pretty good. Words, words are not my problem. Fantastic. Set the world alight with your good words. Use your words to shine how great and glorious God is. And if words are a problem, then actually ask God, enter in and say, God, do the internal work. What does it look like for me to do the internal work so that my words are true and safe and okay? The band's going to come and sing. <clears throat> they're going to talk. They're going to do us a song now, and I want you to take the moment. Maybe go back to that original idea I had of that heavy book. The words that have hurt you, or the words that you've used that are <coughs> that are unhelpful. And I just want you to hold it in your thoughts and listen. What is it? What is it, God, you want me to do with it? You might be somebody who's actually not even yet decided to follow Jesus and you're like, oh, I think there's something in this. Then take a pause moment and say, God, are you trying to tell me something? Do you want to do something in my heart? And listen for what he might say. Or you might be somebody for whom this is a story, this is a message you've heard 50 times a year for 55 years. But this could be dangerous. I actually think that whilst um, as we age, our muscles might weaken, but the tongue doesn't. Sometimes it gets sharper and, and more set in its ways. So maybe that's the challenge. Or maybe the challenge is like that you're, you're young and you're like, I want to be the kind of person that is wisdom And I want to go back to that original verse and say, God, you promised to give wisdom. Then ask him. Ask him to make your words wise. Ask him to make your words align with the truth. What will it look like today for you to choose to resolve? I want to resolve this and then I'll resolve to live this kind of life and to be a follower of Jesus.